Amen. We are um, continuing our continuing our series this morning on faith, and um, I am excited about this because, um, as you know, uh, it's been a couple of weeks since I got to preach. <laughs> so you're gonna get you're gonna get a lot of it today. No, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna, only gonna keep you as long as the Spirit has us to stay. And so, some of you are praying now, Spirit, speak quickly, right? Um, But I want us to get into the Word. And as you know, we are continuing, we began a series a couple of of weeks ago through Hebrews 11. And this is an epic, an epic um, sermon series. It's going to take us, it's going to take us like 20 weeks to get through this thing because we are, we're going to, we're going to unpack and look at each story, each character, each, each person as what their faith was revealed in, how they lived by faith, what it affected, how it transformed them, how it moved in them, because I believe that God wants to increase our faith. I believe that we are, we are walking in a season and in a, in a time that, that, that there is much pressure. There is much, there is much um, trial for many of us to, to be faithful. There is temptation. There is, there is pressures. There is questioning as whether faith is even real, whether God is even real. I believe that there is a lot of, of trial and, and, and testing of our faith as we live today. And so I believe that we need to be encouraged in our faith. And I even think some of you are going through trials of your faith where you're, you're trusting God for something and you're praying and you're asking God for, to, to move and, and you need your faith strengthened. You need to understand what it means to, to live and to walk by faith. This morning we're going to talk about how some folks just go through the motions. They just go through the motions. Hebrews 11 Verse 4. Let's, start, let's just start with verse 1 and, and remind ourselves a little bit of, 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 this, of this passage. It says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. It's the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commi- uh, con- commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are unseen. Verse 4, by faith, everybody say by faith. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. Matthew Henry defines faith as a firm persuasion and expectation that God will perform all that he has promised to us in Christ. Faith is the the conviction, the being persuaded that God will do everything he has promised, that God will keep his word, and he does it through Christ Jesus. That every promise of God finds its yes and its amen. Every promise of God is fulfilled in Jesus. Jesus didn't come to, to, to abolish the law and the prophets, but to fulfill the law and the prophets. So faith this morning, if you're taking notes, faith is being convicted. 
Faith is being convinced. What does it mean to, to be convinced? It means the truth of what we hope for causes our faith to be powerful. We are convinced in the truth. We are convinced that, the, that, that what we have believed, we are convinced that what Jesus has said, we are convinced that what has been spoken through the Word of God, we are convinced that the promises of God are true and that faith is powerful because God's Word is powerful. God's Word always accomplishes everything God intends His Word to accomplish. His Word will not return empty. It will not return void. It will accomplish what it is intended to accomplish. So we're convinced this faith, is, it causes us to, to walk in power because we believe what God said. There is power when you believe what God said. By faith, we see that in these stories in Hebrews 11. This faith then, this convinced faith, then creates this substance evidence, right? Substance evidence of what we're living for. We just read it. It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. All of God's fullness works in us, is evident in us. It creates substance in us through faith. We're saved by grace through faith. So over the next few weeks, we're going to look at some of these heroes of the faith, and we're going to look at how the evidence, how the evidence was, was demonstrable because of the substance that was in them. The substance of faith produces evidences of faith. James said, you, 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 you tell me you have faith, but I'll, let me show you my faith by what I do. Hebrews 11 is full of people showing their faith by what they did. The substance produces evidence. So I would just ask you this morning, is there enough evidence of faith to convince me that there is substance, is there enough evidence of faith in your life to convict you of having faith? Because faith without works is dead, faith without evidence is not faith. So we're going to discover the power of faith in the lives of ordinary men and women and we're going to start by looking at Cain and Abel. Some folks just go through the motions with their faith. But Abel, Abel was convinced. Hebrews eleven four, we read it. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts, and through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. In this, in this passage, it's, he is reminding us, or, or I should say the writer of Hebrews is reminding us of this story in Genesis chapter 4. So if you've got your Bible, feel free to turn to Genesis chapter 4. I'm going to read Genesis chapter 4 from, from the message translation this morning. 
Typically, I, I, take, I take my passages and read from the ESV, but I want to read this passage from, from the message translation this, mor- this morning. Here we have the faith of Abel and the disbelief of Cain. Okay? So let's do this. Genesis chapter 4. You can try to follow along in your Bible. If, you've got, you know, if, you, if you're using an app, you can just select the message probably as the translation. You can follow along with me. So Genesis chapter 4, verse 1. Adam slept with his wife Eve. She conceived and had Cain. She said, I've gotten a man with God's help. Then she had another baby, Abel. Abel was a herdsman and Cain a farmer. Time passed. Cain brought an offering to God from the produce of his farm. Abel also brought an offering, but from the firstborn animals of his herd, choice cuts of meat. God liked Abel and his offering, but Cain and his offering did not get his approval. Cain lost his temper and went into a sulk. And God spoke to Cain, why this tantrum? (laughs) Why this tantrum? Why the sulking? If you do well, won't you be accepted? And if you don't do well, sin is lying in wait for you, ready to pounce. It's out to get you. You've got to master it. Well, Cain had words with his brother. They were out in the field. Cain came at his brother Abel and killed him. And God said to Cain, Where is Abel, your brother? And Cain said, how should I know? Am I his babysitter? God said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is calling to me from the ground. From now on, you'll get nothing but curses from this ground. You'll be driven from this ground that has opened its arms to receive the blood of your murdered brother. You'll farm this ground, but it will no longer give you its best. You'll be a homeless wanderer on earth. And Cain said to God, my punishment is too much. I can't take it. You've thrown me off the land and I can never face you again. I'm a homeless wanderer on earth and whoever finds me will kill me. As you read this, you see that God accepted Abel's sacrifice and was pleased with Abel. God did not accept Cain's sacrifice and was displeased with Cain. And while that may seem on the surface arbitrary, it's not arbitrary. How do we know? Because God told Cain... If you would just do the right thing, I would accept your sacrifice. I would accept your offering. You would be just as pleasing to me as your brother Abel. It wasn't arbitrary that God liked Abel's sacrifice and didn't like Cain's. God explained to Cain, if you would just do what is right, I would accept your sacrifice. But Cain chose 
to continue offering the sacrifice with a hard heart. He continued to just go through the motions and not change his attitude, his heart, or his behavior. God said, if you just, sin is crouching. I'm always reminded of of Peter when I read this, that Satan's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, like like that crouching tiger and, and the hidden dragon, right? Ready to attack, ready to pounce, ready to devour. If you would just do right, but no, he just went through the motions. He just went through the motions, offering the sacrifice with a heart that was far from God and bitter towards his brother. Did you know bitterness separates us from God? He was bitter, he was angry, and he would not repent, but he kept going through the motions. Anybody here maybe been like that? You knew that your heart wasn't right before God? You knew that you were angry? You knew that you were bitter? You knew that you, what, whatever you were doing, however you were doing it, was not pleasing to God, but yet you just still kept going through the motions, knowing that God wasn't pleased? Going through the motions is not going to save you. God says, if you will just turn, do what is right, by faith, I will accept you. Now, I want to mention this, and this is not in my notes, but as I read this, I just, I just want to I I let you know this morning that God, that God is willing to, to be patient with you. God is willing to come to you and remind you how to live, what to do. But ultimately, you have to choose. You have to choose. Now, there was a better sacrifice. It says that, it says that, that, Abel offered a better sacrifice. That he offered up a more acceptable sacrifice. So if you're taking notes, you might want to write that down. A better sacrifice. Abel offered a better sacrifice. A more perfect and a more full sacrifice. Here's what I find amazing. It's amazing to me that after the fall, God still interacted with man at all, right? Adam and Eve had rebelled against God. They had, they had chosen the way of the serpent instead of the way of the father. They had, they had turned from God. 
They had disobeyed God. They had been completely disobedient to God. They had hid from God. But God still interacts with us. God didn't just say to them, well, you messed up. I'm done with you. Figure it out yourself. He was still trying to have a relationship with mankind. God, even after the fall, didn't just throw us away. God was still demonstrating his love for humanity. How many times would we forgive? How many times, if if we feel like we have been wronged, are we quick to say, well, forget you then, right? Not God. God is not like that. God is not like that. God wants to be our Heavenly Father. He wants to be in relationship with us. He wants to be in right relationship with us. We need to learn from God. We need to be willing to try. We need to show love even when we've been hurt. We need to let faith rule in us. We need to live by faith. It's not always easy. But Cain offered a better sacrifice. A more full and perfect sacrifice. He, he sacrificed the firstborn of his flock. A blood sacrifice. We know that in Scripture it tells us that without the shedding of blood there's no forgiveness of sins. That it took the blood to cover the sin. Because the wages of sin is death. Sin leads to death. And so there had to be a death to cover the sin. And so he would offer the firstborn as a sacrifice. A better sacrifice. A sacrifice that pointed to Christ. This better sacrifice was set up by the parameters of God. God designed and God defined these parameters. God said this. If you're taking notes, there are God-defined parameters. God said this. He said, if you're going to worship me, if you're going to know me, you've got to worship me. After the fall, God must be worshipped by sacrifice. A, a way of worship with within it that carries in it a confession of sin it carries with it the desertion of sin and a profession of faith in a redeemer see worship worship is saying worship is saying I am nothing I don't deserve anything. I don't deserve to be worshipped. I am not God. I am not worthy of worship. But God, you are everything. You are worthy of worship. You deserve worship. I'm a fallen man. You are high and exalted. I am imperfect. You are perfection. I am a mess, but you are complete holiness and righteousness and justice and mercy, and love. Worship says, I need you. And God said, worship me with sacrifice. Confess. We must confess that we are sinners needing redemption, needing forgiveness. We must understand that 
sin requires death, that the wages or the penalty or the payment for sin is death, but Jesus is offering eternal life. We must be willing still to offer up our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is the the reasonable service, acceptable worship. To understand some of this, these God-defined parameters... We have to understand the history of Adam and Eve, the fall, the fig leaves. You guys know the story, right? Adam and Eve, every day they got to hang out with God. Adam and Eve were in the garden. It was where God would come down and meet them in the cool of the evening. They'd walk with God. They'd be in God's presence. They'd experience God's presence. It was like, it was like, a, ta- it was like a tabernacle. It was like the temple. And they were like the priests. Not only were they our first parents, they were the first priests. And they would meet with God, and they would mediate God, and, and, then, and then image God throughout creation. They would rule creation as God's image bearers here. So every cool of the evening, God comes down, walks with them, says, hey, how are things going? How's, how's creation care? How's the, how are the animals? You named them y'all yet, Adam? I'm still working on it, right? God's like, well, did you see that? You see that platypus? Isn't that funny looking? And I was like, yeah. They hang out, they talk, they experience the power the presence, the beauty, the majesty of God every day in this temple that is the garden as the priests who are our parents. And one day, the serpent walks right up to Eve. This little dragon, this little serpent walks up to, to Eve and says, did God really say? Did God really say? See, that's how, that's how the enemy gets us. He doesn't come and say, God didn't say that. He says, did God really say that? Because he wants us to begin to doubt. He doesn't, want, he doesn't want us to directly challenge God's authority. He wants us to doubt God's authority. And so he says, did God really say this? And he's like, well, why don't you take that fruit? You'll be like God's. And when she saw that it was pleasing to the eye and that it was good for food, what does that mean? It means that it, it, was, a, it was pretty. It looked very tasty, and it was very tasty. But the commandment was given not to touch it, not to eat it. She disobeyed. Adam was there. She gave some to Adam. They both ate. And the Bible says, Scripture says, immediately, immediately, they realized they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. 
They experienced shame. They experienced guilt. And God comes and he begins to call for them. Adam. Adam. And they come and of course God speaks and Adam says, well, the woman that you gave me. From the very beginning, man's been trying to blame the woman. And the serpent... And God pronounces the curses. But I want us to see something. They had taken fig leaves and they had sown them. That This was possibly, I think we could get there from here. They had to kill, I said that like I've been watching Forging Fire. They had to kill, right, the vine. They had to kill the plant. It was a first fruits offering. They wrapped themselves in it. And while first fruits offerings are prescribed in Scripture, they don't atone for sin. They can symbolize worth for God and offering to God, but they don't atone for for sin. And what God does then is God clothes them with animal skin. What does that mean? That means that an animal was slain. There was blood that was spilled. There was a sacrifice that was made in the garden to cover the sin and the shame of Adam and Eve. It required a blood sacrifice for their covering. Jesus is the blood sacrifice for us. Jesus is the better sacrifice. And what we can see even in this picture then, as we fast forward to to Cain and to Abel, is that Cain is is offering a a, a fruit sacrifice. And while while a first fruit sacrifice can be be good, it doesn't cover and atone for sin. And we see in in Abel's sacrifice a, a covering for sin. And so the sacrifice is always... Sacrifices in the Old Testament are always about pointing us to Jesus. Always about pointing us to Jesus. There's something that happens from that first sacrifice of the animal to Adam and Eve being removed from the garden to Eve conceiving and having children raising their children, there is something that happens that we're not privy to, but there is something that happens that lets Adam or, and, and lets Cain and lets Abel know that a sacrifice is required. It's almost as if it's just understood. Scripture in, in, in between chapters 3 and chapters 4 doesn't give us any backstory on the prescription for the sacrifices. 
It's just understood by the reading of the text that, that there would be a sacrifice and either it was going to be pleasing to God or it was going to be rejected by God and it would depend on the behavior and the faith of the person offering the sacrifice. The sacrifice was required. Abel here is convinced, church, Abel is convinced that God still desires a relationship with man. Can you, can you get your head around that? Because I can't. Abel's convinced that even though God escorted Adam and Eve out of the garden, even though God sealed off the garden so that they cannot go back in there, even though all of their lives have changed now because of sin, Abel is still convinced that Creator God still wants to come down and fellowship with them in the cool of the evening, that God still wants to have relationship with him, that God still wants to know him, that God still wants to meet him at the sacrifice. Abel is convinced that even though they have fallen, God has not forsaken. Abel is convinced that one, that God still desires relationship with man. Second, Abel is convinced that God requires a sacrificial covering. And thirdly, Abel is convinced because God himself demonstrated in the first sacrifice in the garden that sin brings death, and to cover sin, death is the only cure. I'm thankful, church, this morning that Jesus was always God's perfect plan to cover sin. The Bible says that Jesus was the Lamb of God slain from the foundations of the earth. That it has always been God's design for Jesus to cover our sin through his death on the cross. The cross was not an accident. The cross was not Satan's scheme. The cross was not was not unintended. The cross was God's plan from creation because God knew that the animal sacrifice in the garden would never be enough to reunite man with God in the cool of the day. It would, re it would require Jesus Christ. The old covenant animal sacrifice and the first fruit offering were shadows of Christ, but Jesus was the blood offering that covered our sin. Jesus was the first fruit of the resurrection that provides resurrection for all who trust in Christ Jesus. And this is where we see the sin of Cain. Cain was just going through the motions. Cain did not care that his sin required a payment. Cain's lack of faith did not allow for his sacrifice to point to Christ. So let me just ask you this morning, who do you see yourself in, Cain or Abel? Do you see yourself 
with Cain or with Abel, like, like many of us, like many of us today, Cain hoped to just get by, right? He hoped to just get by. Well, if I'll just do this, God, it'll be all right. If I'll just do this, it'll be all right. Scripture says that by faith, Abel offered a better sacrifice. But how many times do we just hope to get by, right? I go to church. We go to church on Sunday. We go to church maybe on Wednesday. We, we try to be good. We try to pray. Maybe we read our Bible if we're not too busy. Or, you know, we're, we'll at least... Well, at least read the verse of the day when it pops up on our, on our app. And, and, and we, we just try to get by. We, we, we don't really acknowledge that we're messed up. We don't really acknowledge that we're sinners in need of God. We don't really acknowledge that, that we are far from God, that we're prideful, that we're, that we're disobedient, that we're full of, of anger and rage or lust or disobedience. We won't really acknowledge that we're liars and thieves. We won't really acknowledge those things. We're good enough and we just want to try to get by. We just want to go through the motions hoping that God will accept our sacrifice, hoping that if we just show up or just do what we're supposed to do, that God will accept us, but we haven't done anything by faith. We haven't really made any sacrifice, and we haven't really allowed the sacrifice of Christ to do anything in us. Listen, we cannot sow on our own fig leaves and think that we're okay with God. You hear me? We cannot sow on our own fig leaves and think we're okay with God. It requires getting underneath the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and living that out by faith. Abel understood that there was something about the blood that made him right with God. Cain, Cain didn't walk in that. He could have made the change. He could have exchanged who he was. He could have lived it out by faith. He could have been obedient. Cain, in humility, could have laid his best efforts down. He could have laid his best produce at the feet of Abel in exchange for the blood of a lamb. He could have, he could have changed his heart and said, okay, God, I'm going to be obedient. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk in love and in truth. He could, have, he could have changed who he was. He could have done it by faith. But just as our best isn't good enough, we have to, by faith, trade our best efforts and lay them down at the feet of Christ Jesus, who was the best, and receive him as the Lamb of God, slain to take the sin of the world. Our best efforts will not cut it. We have to change our best efforts for the effort of Christ Jesus in us. And live it by faith. Cain, Cain did this because he wanted to know God. Or, or Cain did it because he was raised to know God. Abel did it because he wanted to know God. See, here's, here's the deal, church. There will always be a difference between those who worship the true God and those who lean into their own righteousness, their own self-righteousness. The problem was in the heart, in the intent of the offering. 
Abel believed that a sacrifice must be substantial to prove. So listen. Psalm 51, verse 17 says, The sacrifices of God, what God requires, are this. A broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise those things. God's looking for our heart. 1 Samuel 16, 7 says, Man looks on the outward appearance, but God, but the Lord looks at the heart. God is looking at why you do what you do. See, it's not just about going through the motions. It's not just about bringing a sacrifice. God is looking at why you do what you do. Here we go, teenager. Did you tell your parents the truth because it was right or because you didn't want to get in more trouble? Another one for you kids, right? Did you obey your teacher's instruction because it was the right thing to do or because you didn't want to get retracked? Did you come to church this morning because you love God or because you had a role to play or a place to serve or because... Your mom and dad made you be here. God is looking at why you do what you do. Do you worship this morning? Did you worship because you want to express your love for God or or maybe because everybody else was doing it? Abel offered in faith with a clean heart and God accepted it. And God commended Abel. And it was a witness that he was righteous. The fire would come down and consume the sacrifice, demonstrating that the sacrifice was pleasing to God. The presence of God will come and receive the sacrifice offered in faith. The presence of God, listen, the presence of God will come and consume you. The presence of God will come and fill you. The presence of God will come and dwell in you. When you put your faith in Christ, this perfect sacrifice The difference in Cain and Abel's sacrifice was that by faith, Abel offered an acceptable sacrifice. It's not just about the sacrifice. It's about the posture of the heart. How many of you as parents, when you get on to your kids and you tell them to do something, and your kids do it, but they do it reluctantly, They do it stomping and throwing a fit or throwing their clothes or slamming the dishwasher door open. None of this has ever happened in my house. And you're glad that they did it. You're glad that they were obedient, but you still want to wear them out, right? You still want to take their phone. You still want to ground them. You still want to take them over your knee and and, and spake their hiney. Even when they're 13. But you don't spank their hiney when they're 13. Even if you want to. At least I don't. (laughs) Maybe some of y'all do. Because listen, it's the posture of the heart. 
you can be obedient and be a jerk. Right? It's not just about the obedience. It's about the posture of the heart as you live out your obedience by faith. So the blood of Abel pointed to Christ, it says. The blood of Abel pointed us to Jesus because the blood of Abel was a sacrifice. But Abel's heart was pure. Cain was the sinner. Abel was the one who was righteous. Cain was the one who was going through the motions. Abel was the one who had a pure and clean heart and was living it for God, was living in obedience. Cain lived. Abel died. The blood of Abel speaks to Christ who took our sin in his body, who though we were unrighteous and, and have a nasty heart and, and are rebellious and are, are going through the motions, Jesus died in our place. Looking at the story between who was good and who was bad and who was the hero and who was the villain and in those, in those categories, who should live and who should die. Abel should have been the one to live and Cain the one to die and Jesus should have been the one to live and us the ones to die. But Jesus sees us in our humanity and he says, I will die for them. The blood of Abel points us to Jesus. last passage of scripture I want to read this morning is in 2 Timothy chapter 3 if you've got your Bible it says this but understand this that in the last days there will be times of difficulty for people will be lovers of self lovers of money proud, arrogant, abusive disobedient to their parents ungrateful, unholy, heartless unappeasable, slanderous without self-control, brutal not loving good, treacherous, reckless swollen with conceit lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God having the appearance of godliness but denying its power avoid such people for among them are those who creep in the households and capture weak women burdened with sins and led astray by various passions they are always learning and never unable to arrive at the knowledge of the truth did you see this in the last days there will be these people they will have the appearance of godliness but they will deny the power of god they will not allow the power of god to actually change their heart They just go through the motions. They appear like they know God. They look like they know God. They're doing and they're going and they're, they're, it looks like, it looks like they have, that they know God. They have the appearance of godliness. They say the right things. They post the right things on Facebook and they vote for the right people. They have a form of godliness, but they're denied the power. They're going through the motions. 
an appearance of godliness will not save unless you hear the word of the Lord to Cain. Sin is crouching at your door. Repent. 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 I want you to watch this this video this morning. Then I'm going to come and I'm going to close.
I want us to understand this morning is that it's not enough to just go through the motions of this faith. There has to be this hope in you that changes you. There has to be a heart of worship and sacrifice to the Lord within you. That's the faith that saves lives. Stop stop playing games. Be obedient. Stop letting it be in your head and not in your heart. God wants us every day living out our faith. In the small things and in the big things. Praying for people, encouraging for people, trusting God to to provide or to meet, to, to walk with God by faith even when it's hard. Even in seasons where it feels like God is not near, God is near by faith. Keep trusting Him. Stop going through the motions and begin to live by faith. By faith, Abel offered a better sacrifice. It all boiled down to faith. You hear me? He believed God. He honored God. He obeyed God. He worshiped God. He sacrificed. All of those things he did by faith. Do you believe enough? Are you convinced? Not just here, but here. That you're not going to go through the motions anymore. You're going to live by faith. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word today. I pray this morning for some folks that are going through the motions. They, they, maybe they love you. Maybe they know you. Maybe they are, 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 are doing things, but it's, a, it's not a heart issue. Their, their, their heart is, isn't, isn't in obedience to you. Maybe they've just been going through the motions, but they know, they know that deeper there is something you're calling them to, a greater walk with you in the cool of the evening. And God, we no longer want to just go through the motions. We want to live by faith. If that's you, your head's bowed, your eyes are closed, right where you're at, right where you're seated, would you just lift your hand up and say, I'm not going through the motions anymore. Amen. Amen. See, hands have already gone up across this room. I'm not going through the motions anymore. I'm going to begin to to live this out. I'm going to actually begin to live it out. It's going to become part of who I am. I'm going to, I'm going to believe it. I'm, going to, I'm, going to, I'm not just going to make a sacrifice of Cain. I'm going to make the sacrifice of Abel. And I'm going, to, I'm going to live this out. My heart posture is going to be different. I'm not just going to do the things of God. I'm going to love the things of God. That's you again. Anyone else in this room that would say, you know what? No more going through the motions but I'm going to live by faith. 
in Jesus' name. If anybody else, would you raise your hand? Hands have gone up. Amen. 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 Can we stand up across this room? Let's stand all up across this room. I want to do one more thing to the, today. Because I want to give you an opportunity. Maybe you say, you know what, I just want to, I need to come and pray. You don't, you, you feel the Lord tugging at your heart. You say, you know what, Pastor, I need, I, I need you to pray for me. I've, I have been going through the motions and, 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 and I want you to pray for me. I don't want to be that, any, I don't want to be that person anymore. I don't want to be that person anymore. I want to be real. I want to be genuine. I don't want to be fake. I don't want to go through the motions. If that's you this morning, as Jared leads us in a song, if that's you this morning, would you come? I want to pray with you, pray for you, and believe God with you. I believe God wants to touch you here right now in this place. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your grace. I pray, God, for folks who, who you have spoken to this morning. I pray for folks you have spoken to. We're not going to go through the motions anymore. We're not going to go through the motions anymore. We're going to be real. We're going to be genuine. We're going to be honest. We're going to be obedient. We're going to, be, we're going to have a new heart. You're going to change us, God. You're going to change us from the inside out, and we're going to live that out. We're going to believe that. Can we just lift our hands across this room, God? And, and let's make that our prayer. God, I don't want to go through the motions. Whether you raised your hand a while ago or you didn't, let's make that our prayer. God, I don't want to go through the motions. I want to I live by faith. I want to walk this out. I want to walk this out. I, wanna, I don't want it to be fake. I want it to be real. I want to be genuine. I want, I want to know you. I want to fellowship with you. I want my heart to be right. God, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me, God. No more motions. No more going through the motions. Living by faith is who I am and what I'm going to do in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise in this place? Amen. Amen.